Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. So tonight we have a, uh, another wonderful, wonderful guest. Some of you know him very, very well. He's been around for a long, long time. Uh, Brother Lenny Smith, his wife could not be here this evening, but Brother Lenny Smith is a homegrown boy. He is also from Fort Atkinson, uh, like a, a recent visitor we had recently. And uh, Brother Smith came here, and he's going to tell a little bit of his testimony, and I won't, so I won't steal his thunder, uh, but he's ministered to us many times over the years. He is currently a missionary to... Now, we, always, we go back and forth on this. Some of you say it the right way, and some of you say it the way I say it. Uh, Antigua. But some say Antigua, and, and, uh, and we go back and forth on that, and Barbuda, which is the other, the other island that's nearby there. So you, you can ask him later which is the right way. Uh, I was just joking about the right and wrong. So um, he is a missionary there, has a church there, uh, has done a phenomenal work there for many years. And, uh, and so once in a while, he comes back home, does a little visitation, a little deputation, and uh, he gave us a call and asked if he could stop by. And of course, our doors are always open, and we always love our good brother, Brother Lenny Smith. If you'd like to come this evening and, and minister to us, my friend, it would be great to hear from the Word of God. Amen. Come on, let's do that for Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I want to just pick up on the pre-service prayer. You don't know how important pre-service prayer is. I can't tell you how many people in Antigua have received the Holy Ghost in pre-service prayer. Ain't nobody preached. Ain't nobody worshipped. They just praying. And people just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you create the atmosphere for God to do what God wants to do. And when they come hungry, there's nothing to stop them or hold them back. Amen? So I send greetings from Antigua. I just call her mom. That's my wife, Kathy. But everybody calls her mom, and I call her mom. Um, she's there taking care of everything. She's preaching tonight on the way. So, amen. Get in the way. Hallelujah. And um, it is a privilege and an honor to be here. Some of you don't know this, but back in... Now, when our son Benjamin had his operation with his tumor, we happened to be here in the fall, or right from Thanksgiving till March of 2018. But we got married um, December 19th. So we were here in the States, and I called up Pastor Caldwell. I said, Pastor Caldwell, where were you 28 years ago on December 19th? He goes, man, I can't remember what I did yesterday, <laughs> you know? What do you mean? I said, you married us. And I asked if I could take them out. And they ended up taking us out. But it's so neat to be able to that, that was a part of our life. 
and to be able on such a special occasion to spend time with the Caldwells. Amen? But before all that, back in April 11th, 1982, this man right here prayed me through to the Holy Ghost, and it was Easter Sunday on the night service, the PM service. And I am so thankful that he put up with me and, and, and prayed me through to the Holy Ghost. He baptized me, it was a couple weeks before that. You know, you go down in the basement in that little cow tank that was cold. It was cold. You'd get stammering lips just going in the tank, I mean. But when, when Pastor, and I got baptized on a Sunday night also. And on the way to church, and, and Pastor or Brother Meyer at the time was my Bible teacher. And we would have Bible study, man. We'd start at 7, get done at midnight and 1 o'clock. And he says, brother, I got to go to work tomorrow. I said, so do I. I said, I used to close the bars out. Why can't we have Bible study? I mean, come on. Right? But anyway, when I went to church that night that I got baptized, I used to chew. Okay? And when I got to the steps of the church... I threw the chew out and, you know, I had my can in my pocket. And when I got baptized, it felt like pastor held me under there for, I mean, a long time. And it wasn't. It was just and up. But to me, it felt like I was under the water forever. And it felt like God took, you know, a baby bottle brush. And it felt like he scrubbed out my insides. I never felt so clean in my whole life. Never. It's just like, oh. And, and when I got outside the church, I, I pulled that can at you. I said, I don't need you no more. And I chucked that thing as far as I could. And I could tell you so many stories of what God did for me as a, a new Christian. I drove all the way to church. And that we lived over in Lake Mills. It was 45 minutes one way. And I had an old Plymouth Fury with a 440. It was an old squad car with a four-barrel carburetor. And when that thing said empty, it meant empty. <laughs> and we wanted to go to church so bad, so we prayed, said, God, get us to church. So I drove, we drove all the way to church on empty. And we had an awesome service. And when we got out, we didn't, nobody had no money. We was all broker and broke. And, and it's just like, oh, now we got to drive home. <laughs> 45 more minutes on empty. And we just prayed, well, God, you got us here. You can get us back home. Ain't no problem with that. And we got all the way but a mile from the farmhouse. And when we, when it, you know, the car started going, I just pulled it over into the ditch. And we all got out, shut the door, said, thank you, Jesus, man, we're almost home. <laughs> What's walking a mile? That's no big deal. But you understand, when you live in a country community, you know everybody. There, there's no strangers. You know all the farmers that live there. This is like 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday night. This old pickup truck comes pull. I mean, we no more get out of the car and say, thank you, Jesus. And this trick, pickup truck's driving down the road towards us. And he just stops, and he looks at us and says, need a ride? It's like, yeah, man, we need a ride. We just, and 
This guy, he had a big old beard, bib overhauls. It's like, where'd he come from? I ain't never seen him from nowhere. And we told him, well, man, we just live up the road here. He said, no problem, I'll take you home. So we jumped in the cab and on the back of the truck, and he pulled us in, and we got a circular driveway where we lived on the farm. And he pulled in the bottom driveway, dropped us off at the house, and he pulled out and went back down the road. And I'm going, there's something different about this guy. So we're watching down the road as he's driving, and all of a sudden, the taillights just disappear. It's just like, okay. They didn't, he didn't shut his lights off. He just disappeared. So I don't know where he came from, but I know who he was working for. Amen? So this church has a, a very big investment and influence upon our ministry. Amen. Because all those things that God has done throughout the years, it started right in Oconomowoc in that little church there. And that's where my daddy got baptized and got the Holy Ghost in the, in the lake. And that was the thing, man. When I, when I told dad I wasn't going to church with him no more, we used to be Catholic, he disowned me. You gotta understand something. My daddy, he used to come over and give me, you know, my working orders, six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. He'd tell me what we're gonna do for the day. And I just said, yes, sir. But on a Saturday, he'd come over and there'd be a keg of beer outside and there'd be a bong on the table and there'd be people laying all over the place. And he would say, boy, when are you ever gonna grow up? And all of a sudden, I come into church and all that disappears. And he says, you're not my son no more. It's like, well, I'm sorry, dad, but I still love you. You know, because... I guess, you know, not doing what, and he didn't do all that I did, but it provoked him or pricked him of the way he was living his life. Amen. But nonetheless, pull up, I didn't give you this scripture, but pull up John 1837. This, this is the Easter season, okay? And, and this is Pilate, and Jesus having a little conversation here, okay? And this, this will fit into my message. It'll work, okay? But here, what he says in John 18 and 37, Pilate therefore said unto them, or unto him, Jesus, art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear what witness unto the truth but he didn't stop there he said everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice his whole purpose for being born and dying was to bring truth and light to a dark dark world but the thing is, it just didn't stop with him. He said, if you'll listen to my voice and apply it to your life, you're going to be my witness like I was a witness to others. Amen. We're going to see that as we, as we go on. I'm going to talk about light tonight. Amen. I, I challenge each and every one of you. You take, get a concordance and you look up the word light and you look at every scripture that talks about light and you'll be like, Wow. It will open your eyes. You will see light, let me tell you. It's amazing how much the word light is used, and it's always, most of the time, 
pointing to who God is. He's light. So in Genesis 1, in verses 3 and 4, we, we, I mean, he's just getting the book started. And he begins to write this, and God said, let there be. Uh-huh, and what happened to it? And there was light. If God said it in the book, it's going to happen. You can take, it's like money in the bank. You can take it to the bank because it's going to happen. It might not happen when you want it to happen, but it will happen. And in verse 4, he goes on to say, and God saw that the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the, there's got to be a separation, church. If you what is what you was, you ain't what God wants you to be. There's got to be a difference. People, they seen the difference in me, let me tell you. I was no longer what I was. God had such a plan for my life. And I'm just thankful that I listened to the voice and, and, and applied the word to my life. In Psalms 27, we read this. It says, the Lord is my light. And remember, without light, you can't see where you're going. But not only is he's light, he's what? My, in whom shall I? Ah, so what are you guys afraid of? You're worried about what's happening here and you're worried about what's going on there. Listen, if God is truly your light and your salvation, you have nothing to fear. When Benjamin had that tumor, we found out at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or 4.30 in the afternoon, we found out he had a brain tumor. We didn't get shook. We didn't start crying. We didn't start pleading to God. We just said, okay, he's got a brain tumor. He's in God's hands. If he dies, we don't want him to, but if he dies, he dies. He's in God's hands. And, and if he lives, thank you, Jesus. And at 9.30 at night, we had, Benjamin and I had tickets to come back to the States the very next day on a, on a Tuesday. And this is at Thanksgiving time. I mean, high traffic time for travel, but God got us a flight. And then mom and Victoria and little Isaiah, they came up, they left on Thanksgiving and they got here on Friday. And that's when Benjamin had his operation so Victoria was able to go there. And understand, this is how God is so awesome. Benjamin has his operation late Friday afternoon. Okay, he gets out of the operation. By Saturday, he's walking around the ICU and they're praying for people. He just, yesterday, he's just got, you know, two holes drilled in his head. Eat, eat, and, and they're poking and doing all this stuff. And now he's praying for people. That's Saturday. On Monday, I picked him up and brought him home. That Sunday, I was preaching for Pastor Brown in Sun Prairie. I preached the first half. You know who finished it? Benjamin. Then we went to Sunday night in Parkway. I preached the first part. Benjamin finished it. He just got done with brain surgery. The first one, anyway, where they did what they had to do. Pastor Tamil goes, and we was just preaching faith, because, you know, trusting God. And Pastor Tamil said, whoever wants the Smiths to pray for them, you know, they got the two big, long, you know, aisles coming down to the center there. I think everybody in the whole building lined up in those two lines. I don't think nobody left. And first we started praying together for, and he said, this ain't going to work, man. So mom and me prayed individually and Ben and Victoria prayed individually. 
And it was so neat because when we get done praying, I saying, you wouldn't believe it, but everything you just talked about and prayed about, I'm going through. God was reading their mail. And it had nothing to do with us. And we were there for like two hours. I mean, just... But God was ministering. See, there's nothing we have to fear. Amen. Did we ever finish that one? Just go to Psalms 36, okay? Psalms 36 tells us this. It just gets better. I mean, it says, For with thee is the foundation of life. In thy light shall we see light. If I look at that for what it says... You can't see God without God. It's God that gives you the illumination or the revelation or the understanding that he even is. Because without the light, you can't see the light. The natural man receiveth not the things of God for they are spiritually discerned. So God gives you light so you can see who he really is. Amen? And it only gets better in 46. Look at this. I think it's 46. 43, I'm sorry. Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them what? Lead me. Let them bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacle. We're talking about Old Testament. Guess what? We're his tabernacle now. And his light does what? Brings brings him into us. So we can be that tabernacle that they used to have to go to. You know, in the wilderness where you had a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud by day. And God's so kind because, you know, in the desert, it gets real hot during the day, so he's a cloud during the day. And at night, it gets really cold, so he says, I'll warm your little tootsies up and I'll be a pillar of fire at night. He knows how to take care of you. So what are you worried about? Amen? Going on. It just, you know, and this is the word now. I think it's like 119 that's where we're going yeah thy word is a unto my see before you go any distance in god first you got to see where your your own self you know my feet but he goes from the lamp to the light so you can see where to move those feet so you can walk in the right ways amen so you can walk closer to god amen and, and verse 130, I think it's 130, yeah. the entrance of thy light giveth light, amen? It giveth understanding to all the Bible scholars. No. Remember the boy that couldn't read? It giveth understanding to the simple. That includes me. That, that's, I, I got qualified. If you had to be, you know, and I'm not knocking education, and if you can do all that stuff, good, great. But I didn't, and I couldn't. But God still said, no, my light brings understanding to the simple. Amen? And then Isaiah, he, I love Isaiah. Isaiah and John, they just go together. But in Isaiah, he tells us this. Look at this. I am the Lord that calleth thee. How? In righteousness and will hold. Come on. Oh, so what are you afraid of? If God said, I'm going to call you in righteousness, but not only am I going to call you in righteousness, I'm going to hold your hand. So wherever you walk, I'm walking 
with you and I got your hand. I got your back. I got your front. I got you covered. I'm holding your hand. But not only is he holding his hands, look at this. And we'll keep thee and give thee, I like this, give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. In other words, God called out a people, the Jews, the Hebrews, and he said, I'm going to let my glory shine through you so I can show my light to this world, my power, my majesticness through you, the people of God. Amen? Thank you. And it just goes on in Isaiah. He goes on and tells us even more. He says, I, the Lord, have called thee. Okay. Look, it says, and he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to rise up the tribe of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. Think about that. What it just said. Restore the preserved of. God has always had a people. The preserved. But it said, I have to sometimes restore them. In other words, sometimes his people get off track. They're not walking quite right. But if you're my people, I have the power to restore you or get you back on track. Get you headed the right direction. Amen? It goes on to say, I will also give thee for a light to, to the Gentiles that thou mayest be what? My salvation unto the ends of the earth. Now, I was on my way to Pastor Brownie's in Milwaukee last night, and I was talking to Mom on the phone, and she said, Mauricia was, didn't have to work yesterday. It's one of our, she's the youth pastor's wife, and she's kind of like the youth pastor. She preaches for us. She knows the word really good. But anyway, she didn't have to work yesterday, so she picked up this young lady. She just started teaching her a Bible study, you know, don't need no paper because it's all in your head, but just going through the word of God with this lady, and she prayed her through the Holy Ghost. Well, then, you know, like Peter said, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Should these forbid, you know? Amen? So anyway, so at 3 o'clock, she came over to the church, and she got baptized yesterday. It wasn't Sunday. It wasn't a Wednesday service. It was the middle of a Tuesday day. God don't care what day, when, however. He's just looking for somebody that's hungry. Amen? Going on here in, um, let's see, okay. Exodus. We're going to take you uh, back to the Old Testament. I want to show you what the Word of God has to say when you hang out with God long enough. Okay? This is Moses. You all know about Moses. And it said, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, Moses, in the flame of a fire. So he shows himself as light, as fire, out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burneth with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Okay? But not only did that happen to Moses, the elders of Israel got to hear from the voice of God. If you go to... 
not Exodus, it's Deuteronomy. Yes. And it came to pass when they heard, or when he heard the voice out of the midst of darkness for the mountain where God's spirit dwelt, for the mountain did burn with fire. That's where Moses was hanging out when he got the Ten Commandments. The mountain's burning with fire, okay? That ye can came near, okay, unto me, even all the heads of your tribes, Israel, and your elders. So they knew that God was light, that he was fire, that he was talking to them out of the midst of darkness. But look what happens to Moses. Remember, Moses, he had the first batch of Ten Commandments, okay? And God said, there's trouble in the camp, and Moses saying, oh, it can't be that way. And when he gets down there, they're, they're worshiping a golden calf and they're running around half naked and Moses got so ticked off he threw down the Ten Commandments and then God said listen buddy you broke the first ones now you're going to cut out some stones and bring them back up to me and I'm going to write them down again we already done fasted 40 days and 40 nights okay guess what he did he went back up for another 40 days and 40 nights and he was fasting again amen and it said he got to see the hinder parts of God just a little bit of God so look what happens to him back in Exodus again Look at this. It says, and we're getting there. Amen. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame. What? No, 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 no. The, the, the other Exodus. The, you know, not, not that Exodus, the other one. I think it's 32, somewhere in there. 34. Okay. Close, but no cookie. I'm sorry. Anyway. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets that he cut out, but God rewrote the Ten Commandments of testimony in Moses' hands. When he came down from the Mount, that Moses winced not that the skin of his face shone or shined while he talked with him. See, when you hang out with God that long, you kind of absorb what he is. And when Moses come down, the people couldn't even look at him, so he had to put a veil over his face because he was too bright. Sorry to say, because he didn't go back up to the mount, guess what happened to the shine of his face? In time, it disappeared. So that lets us know that we better hang out with God. If we want the light of God to shine in us and through us, it's, it's proven fact right there. Moses hung out with God, and guess what? He's just, he's bright shining. Amen? So, okay. I forgot where we're going, but we'll get there. Amen? Okay. Page two. Oh, Isaiah, yet yeah, this is awesome. Okay. Isaiah 60. This is for you guys. This is for me. Amen. Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon thee. Okay. Y'all know what a full moon looks like? Nice and bright, right? What's the new moon look like? Nothing. What's the difference between the two? What causes the full moon and the new moon? See, when the world gets in the way, the S-O or the S-U-N can't 
shine on the moon so it don't shine because the world's in the way. So when your flesh and the world is in your way, you ain't going to shine. But if you get the world and the flesh out of you, you can shine just like the full moon. The moon don't have no light in and of itself. It's just a reflection of the sun. We don't have no light in and of ourselves. We're just a reflection of the S-O-N. Amen. So when he's talking about that, arise, shine, for thy light is come. What light? God's light is risen upon you. Verse 2. Just gets better. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Isn't that a pretty good description of the way the world is today? Darkness and gross darkness and... Hmm? But look at this. But the Lord shall arise upon who? Thee or you or me. And his glory shall be seen upon thee. It ain't us. It's all about him. I can't do nothing in and of myself. But when we allow God to shine through us, people get to see a glimpse of what God really is all about. Amen? So it's so important to allow God to shine in you. Verse 3, look at this. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the king to the brightness of thy rising. <clears throat> but sad to say, lights come. Look what John has to say about it. In John 3, starting with verse 19, it says, this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love what? Darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. But it goes on to say, for everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved or made manifest. There are some people that you're going to witness to and they will literally hate you because they don't want to change because their deeds are evil and they don't want to change. Is the word true or not? Okay, but look what it says in verse 3. This is tremendous. Or, I'm sorry, verse 21. Thinking about something else. Okay. But he that doth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made what? Manifest or known that they are wrought in God or made right in God. I'm going to give you a word picture and you won't forget this. I know you won't. What's this? A bug zapper. Uh-huh. And what is the two elements of the bug zapper? The light. And he that what? Do it put 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 you know 21 back up there. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. But what happens when you come to the light? You're gonna die. See, all of us, when we've seen the light, 
were drawn to the light. But when we got to the light, we had to fall on our face before God in repentance and say, God, please forgive me. I am so sorry. I have messed up big time. We had to all die. But those other ones that you talk to, but they flee the light, any of you that ever been in Antigua, you've been in Antigua, you know what it's like. I don't care what room you're in at night, but when you turn on the light, there's these little critters about so long, some fly, some don't, but they don't come to the light. And their deeds are evil. They're called cockroaches. So next time you talk to somebody and they get ticked off or bent out of shape, they're just a cockroach. They don't like light. They don't want to come to the light. I've never seen a cockroach come to the light. They run and they hide and they scurry. But all those other bugs that come to the light die. And if we're going to truly come to the light, we have to die. Right? It's, it's the truth. Otherwise, God can't do anything with us. We got to be dead, dead, dead. That's why he said, Jesus, God gave me such an awesome revelation of him being flesh and him being God because how do you separate the two? But yet he was tempted in all ways like as we, yet without sin. He had to totally separate himself from his supernatural power so he could be the man that he had to be so he could be the perfect sacrifice. But yet he was God and he could speak to the winds and the waves and say... Peace be still in there. And he can say to the dead, rise up, and to the blind, open eyes, because he was the maker of it all. Amen? Look at what it says here in John. It says, then Jesus spake, amen, again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of light. Amen. When God gives us light, too many of us, oh, we, we let it shine in here. We sing, we shout, we get excited. But when we walk out the door, man, it's just like, I got my light. That's right, see my light? But it ain't shining. Because you're too worried about what they're going to think about you. Pastor knows I didn't care what they thought about me. I went back to all the bars I used to hang out with. And I would drink a soda and I would tell them what they needed to do. And after a month, I just said, well, they heard it. I'm out of here. But I told everybody what they needed to do. I always thought, I just found this out. I really, I just found this out. I, I drove my dad back, mom, back from Texas Pastor B says hi. I thought my dad came into the church because how he seen my life change. You know what he told me? I never knew this. I, but I always thought because I just changed so radically, I thought that's why he came in. He says, no. What made me come into the church was because you told me 
that if I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name and repented of my sins and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I was going to hell. And then you showed me the scriptures to back up what you said. He said, I wanted to make heaven my home. So what caused him to come to God is I showed him God's word or the light. And he said, I don't want to be lost. Yeah, you changed my son, all right, but I need to do something about me. And I don't want to be lost. You can't be afraid to tell people what the word of God says. You didn't say it. All you're doing is sharing with them what is said. Right? We can't hide the light. And God's word is light. Amen? So, I think we're going to talk about Paul's little, um, when he gets converted. I think, yeah, that's where we're going. Acts 9 and 5. Look at how God talks to Saul before he became Paul. Acts 9 and 5. It, it says that, I gotta get my glasses out. I can see it up there, it's bigger. It says, oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Acts 9 and 3. Okay, I'm sorry. Acts 9 and 3 says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from. How did Jesus, because, you know, when, when the light shined and he fell down, and the voice said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, well, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. So how did Jesus reveal himself to Saul? A bright light from heaven. But let me tell you why you guys are so important. Jesus could have said, Saul, you need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in my name. Another, and you've got to have my spirit in you. But he said, you go to the street called Straight. And I'll send you a man. And his name is Ananias. I'm going to tell you the guy's name so you make sure you got the right guy. I don't want you telling fibs. You're going to know who's talking to you. And he's going to pray for you and you're going to get your sight back. And he's going to get you baptized. And you're going to go on the most wildest ride you ever went on as you begin to preach my word. And you've got to understand something. Saul, it said, was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Okay. That guy went to the high priest. Not anybody could just walk up to the high priest and say, could you get me some letters? And in the book of Corinthians, it says that he gained much of his wealth through his religion. So you've got to understand something. When Saul was converted on the road to Damascus, that guy probably had a really nice house. He probably had servants. He probably had all, and he wasn't married, but he probably had all kinds of stuff. And when he changed, he didn't go back to Jerusalem to collect any of his stuff. He left everything behind. Saul had to die to self, die to all his wealth, to his servants, and they were out to kill him, man. They had to let him out of baskets that night because they wanted to kill him. People don't think about the sacrifice Saul made when he changed. It cost him everything. 
What are we willing to pay? Mm-hmm. But we're not going to stop there. Get, just get, I'll, I'll hurry up here. It, it, but it's, think about that. Amen. Saul had to die to self. Amen. So he could do God's will. John 12 and 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. And John 9 and 5 says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But you know something? He never left. Oh, yes, he did. He didn't you seem, he got, he said it, you know, he was taken up in heaven. No. He said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. Jesus never left this earth. He might have left one form for another, but he never left. So that means the light that shines is now what? In you, in me. He never left. And as long as I am in the world, my church, my body, I am the light of the world. So who are you? What are you? You are the light of the world. You. Me. Wow. When you think about that, it's just like, this is, you're very important to the kingdom. You're his lights all over the place. Amen? Amen? And in Matthew 17 and 2, uh, this is awesome. Jesus takes his three closest guys, Peter, James, and John. He says, I'm going to show you just a, a glimpse of who I really am. I'm going to take you up to the mountain. Ain't nobody else going to be there. It's just you and me. And look what happens. It says, and was transfigured before them, the three boys. And his face did shine how? As the sun. Pastor, can you look at the sun? It'll hurt your eyes. Could they look at Jesus? Oh, no. He was so bright. It's just like, oh, you're like the sun. But not only his face, but check his clothes out. I mean, look at this. Did shine as the sun, and his raiment, his clothes, was bright as the light. And then he says, don't tell nobody what you just seen. At least not yet. Soon you can, but... Shh. All I'm doing is showing you a little bit of who I am. I'm the light of the world, and you've just seen it. I'm so bright that you can't even look upon me. Mm. Okay, and, and, and I think we're in Matthew yet. Yeah, Matthew 5. This is for us. Amen? Ye, this is Matthew 5, 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither doth light, or neither doth man light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, just like we got there. And it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. Lord, let my light shine to everybody that I come in contact with. My friends, my neighbors, my co-workers, 
the people that I go grocery shopping and they see me, let my light so shine. Amen. Before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Your Father which is in heaven. Tell you how people can shine. I had the privilege of going to Israel and Cairo. Israel for 10 days, Cairo for three. Back in 1987. When we were in Cairo, that's, that's all. I'll show you how awesome God is. When we pulled into the big bus terminal, going from Israel into Egypt, huge, huge building, massive building. We pulled in there and they pull out all your suitcases and check all your documents and all that stuff. When we drove into that building, there's palm trees, there's green grass, there's everything you can imagine. It just looked really nice and beautiful. And they checked all our stuff and threw us back on the bus and we pulled out the other side in Egypt, or yeah, in Egypt. We weren't Cairo yet. That was a 13-hour bus ride. This is disgusting, man. 13 hours on a bus, yeah. But we pulled out of that bus terminal and it was nothing but sand. There wasn't one palm tree. There wasn't one blade of grass. There wasn't nothing. It's just sand. So tell me, what, what's the difference between them and them? Because God put his hand upon them and you're going to be light to all the world so they can see just who I am. All that separated that building was this big fence. It was kind of like in the middle of the building. And on this side, it looked really nice, but when you got on the other side, man, it was sand. It was sand from there to Cairo, just sand. It's crazy. Wow. But when we got to Cairo, they tried to sell you all this stuff. So they took us to this one papyrus shop where they had paintings on papyrus. And they're telling you about all this stuff. And they said, now you can go find yourself a salesperson. And I didn't have no money, but, you know. And so I, I, I wasn't caring about what they had to sell. I was looking at the people. And there's this short little lady. And, and I walked up to her. I said, ma'am, explain this picture to me. And she goes, well, that's a scale. And, and it depends on how much weight's on it. And it, it determines your life. And, and, and if you go down this side, it's all over for you, but if it goes this way, you get a good life, you know, in the other life. And I said, well, how many gods do you got? And she goes, well, we have about 100 plus. And I said, well, with all those gods, I said, which one do you believe in? You know what she said? She said, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only true God. And I said, I knew it. I knew there was something different about you. I could see it on your face. In all this darkness and all this garbage, here was this little lady that could tell me, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only true God. She had a smile on her face, man. See, the light of God shines through you even when you're in a dark, dark place. It's like, God, you are so awesome. You're so awesome. Amen? And, and God wants you to be that shining light. Amen? In John chapter 3, verse 11, not everybody wants to hear what you have to say. But it says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that what we do know and testify what we have seen, that what we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. Okay, so there was a time and a place where 
they were telling the people what they saw, what they heard, but the people just said, nah, you know, have you ever told anybody Jesus is coming back? They've been telling us that from the beginning. Yeah, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, that's kind of like John 3, 5, or 3.11. Okay, but look what it has, says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 20. You know why the church grew so fast in Jerusalem? Because it wasn't just the apostles that were talking. It was everybody that came into the church. Look at what they said. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Do you need a license to, to, to tell what you've seen and heard? Do you need to go to Bible school to see what you have seen and heard? All you got to do is open your mouth and tell them what you've seen and what you've heard. I, I was doing outreach one day and Uralo was with me. And, and we were talking to a young man, about your age or whatever, and I could see that I wasn't making a lot of progress. He's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, listen. I said, I have a friend. His name's Lee Stone King. I said, he was dead for 45 minutes, and this is 14 years ago. But now it's 15 years. But anyway, I said, he came back to life as they were taking him to the morgue. And the guy's like, right. Uh huh. I said, you just go to YouTube, and you type in Lee Stone King, UN. And right there, by his house, he pulls out his phone and he types in Lee Stone King, UN. And for six and a half minutes, we watch Lee Stone King give his testimony of being dead for 45 minutes. And then at the end of it, he says, you need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to know what it takes to have peace in this world? I give you Jesus. I didn't have to say nothing. Lee Stone King did all the preaching, man. He said, we're watching it together. It's like, get him, get him, sick him, you know. If you don't have your own story, use somebody else's. Amen? We're all hooked together anyway. It doesn't matter if you tell this story or this story or this story. They're all valuable. And you all have a testimony, otherwise you wouldn't be here. And nobody can tell you what happened to you didn't happen to you. It's like, no, 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 no. I know what happened to me. Right? And, and nobody can say that didn't happen to you. Oh, yes, it did. Amen? The power of the church. Look at Acts 17 and 6. They're trying to find Paul and Silas, but they couldn't find them. And when they found them not, Paul and Silas, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Really, they turned the world right side up because it's already upside down. But what were they doing? They were telling everybody what they've seen and what they've heard. Oh, but I'm only one person. Good. Look what Paul did. Acts 19, 26. Moreover, ye see and hear that not only at Ephesus, you know how big Ephesus was? It was a massive city. Huge, huge. But it says not only in Ephesus, 
but also throughout all Asia. This Paul, this Paul, this one man, hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands. One man with a zeal, with a fervor for the things of God, letting his light so shine, he messed up the whole city of Ephesus. So what can you guys do in your community when you all just... You know how to get a crowd, don't you? Start a fire. They'll come for miles to see the fire. So just burn for Jesus, man. Burn, baby, burn. You know? Amen. And if we will allow God to use us, you won't believe the things that God will do through your... Look at even nature itself in Romans 1 and 20. For the invisible things of him, the Almighty, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God has created not only this world, but us as people. You're a nurse or a, okay? You know that our body is fearfully and wonderfully made, right? It's amazing. You can break your arm, and even if you don't get it set, if you just kind of, you can just do it yourself, it might not grow back together straight, but it'll grow back together. How, how does that work? Because God designed it that way. God, God designed us to heal ourselves. And, and if you're all messed up, change your diet. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because food can mess you up. So you change your food that you're maybe eating and say, okay. And you will start feeling better if you eat the right stuff. Because think about this. If you got a gas car and you pull up to the diesel pump and fill it up, how's your car going to run? And if you have a diesel and you put gas in it, what's going to happen? <laughs> you ain't going to go too far. <laughs> It'll toast your motor, man. I know because he's got a diesel. Amen. He would know. You don't go putting gas in a diesel. So put the right stuff in your body and you'll grow and go. Amen. That, that was for nothing. I don't know why I even said that, but hey, whatever. Okay, yeah. You, you want to hear the message? You know what the message is? It's in the Bible. It's 1 John 1 and 5. This is the message i mean it says it i mean look at it this then is the message which we have heard of him and declared we we spoke it again unto you that god is what light and in him there is no darkness at all and god has made us in such a way that if we live our lives according to the word of god we can live with the same statement, there is no darkness in us at all. We have the ability to live that way. You know why I know how or why I know that? Because Jesus lived that way. Jesus lived without sin. What did he say at age 12 when he's in the temple? Oh, come on, Mom and Dad. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? 12 years old. 
See, he gave himself to the things of God real early. My grandson, little Benton, oh, not little Benjamin, yeah, he's little Benjamin. His name's Isaiah, he's Benjamin's son. When, when they, they, they came back up to the States, but they, they were there till the end of August. The middle of August, he's two years old. He turned three October 20th. But in the middle of August, two years old, God fills Isaiah with the Holy Ghost, two years old. So we baptize him the next week. You got the Holy Ghost on Tuesday, we baptize him on Tuesday, the next week. But you got to understand something. Little Isaiah, I, I built him a pulpit, man. And he, he preached with Poppy. He had his pulpit, I had my pulpit. He had his Bible. It was so funny one time, we were asking him a question, and he's looking through his Bible. And he couldn't find what he wanted to find. You know what he said? The Bible's broke. <laughs> and then he broke, he just couldn't find it. But he could tell you what you had to do to be saved and how you should live your life at two years old. And that boy could lay his hands on anybody and pray for them and God would heal them. And it ain't got nothing to do with him, but God used that little guy. People say, just have Isaiah pray for me. My sister, who don't believe the way we believe, asked for Isaiah to pray for her. And guess what? When he got done praying, she goes, it worked. I'm better. I feel good. Two years old. So it don't matter how young you are or how old you are. You give yourself to the things of God. And there's no limits of where you can go in God. There isn't. Amen? So, remember one thing. When we come to the light, we got to die. We got to die. But once we die, the light that we were drawn to now becomes a part of us. And God always uses people to bring people. You know how I, I, I said, you know, how Jesus, the voice of Jesus and the light from heaven could have told Saul everything he needed to do? Well, if you look at the very next chapter, chapter 10, there was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, prayed always, gave much alms, prayed so much and gave so much, he built a memorial in heaven. The guy's name is Cornelius. And an angel come. He's seen a vision too. And the angel came to him and said, Cornelius, you go get Peter and Peter will tell thee what thou oughtest to do. So Cornelius says, no problem. He gets one soldier, two servants, and they take off to Joppa to find Peter and God's got to work Peter over because he ain't going to go to a Jew's house. I mean, to a Gentile's house. It ain't going to happen. Jews, Jews, sorry to say, they, they got prejudices too. And they ain't going to a Gentile's house, but God worked him over. And when it was all said and done, he said, three men seek thee. Go with them, doubting nothing. And they get to the place, and they're all Gentiles. And you know what they said? Our master, who is a good man, devout man, fears God, loves God, but he was warned by God to hear words of you. Oh, this is getting pretty important. You need to hear Peter what he ought us to do. And then he says, my master was warned by God to hear words of you. 
And then when Peter's getting to Cornelius' house, Cornelius comes running out and falls at Peter's feet. And Peter says, get up, man. I'm just like you. I'm just a man. But Cornelius says, you've done well to come to a Gentile's house because Jews don't do that. And he said, we want to hear the words that have been commanded you by God to speak. Oh, you think it's not important. What thou oughtest to do, warned by God. And we want to hear the words that have been commanded you by God. You don't think that that angel that told Cornelius to go get Peter could have told him what he needed to do? He could have told him everything. But he didn't use the angel to tell him what to do. He said, you go get Peter and Peter will tell thee what thou oughtest to do. That's why you are all so important. Because God's going to use you to tell others what to do. That's the truth. That's scripture. I ain't making this stuff up. It's the word. Amen? So I don't know how you want to end this, Pastor. But, okay. Who, who wants to be a true light? If you, if you want to be a true light, I want you to come all up here by the altar. Okay? And we're going to pray. I don't want no musicians to come because I want them to be praying too. It, just pull up um, 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 Waymaker, you know. That, that's a good song to pray to. Amen? And I've had people come up to me and say, Brother, I wish I could be like you. I said, no, you don't. I said, you can't be me, and I can't be you. You need to be you, because that's the way my God made you. I'll be me, you be you, and it'll be a lot better. Don't try to be me, because I'm not going to try to be you. But there's only one of you, and there's only one of me. God wants each and every one of us just the way we are. There's nobody better than anybody else. There's nobody lesser than anybody else. I don't care if you're crippled in a wheelchair, can't do nothing, go no place, you need help to do everything you do. You know what? You can call somebody on the phone or brother or sister and say, I've been praying for you. See, nobody is invaluable. Everybody is valuable to God. We, I don't, you know I couldn't read, but I was teaching a Bible study when I couldn't read. I would just tell the people that I was teaching, I said, you read it, I'll explain it. I can do that. I just can't read. There's no excuses to be God's light. God, when he fills you with the Holy Ghost, when you bear his name, we just had, about a month ago, man, powerful move of God, and the, the tongues and interpretation that come said that the adversary, the enemy, is afraid of you. He's afraid of you. We, we give that thing too much credit. He can't do nothing anyway. He is afraid. If you stand up for who you really are, he is afraid of you. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But just who do you think you are? And the devil beat the snot out of that guy because he was writing bad checks. But he wouldn't touch Paul and he wouldn't touch Jesus. Because he knew where the power was. That's why when the, the demons seen Jesus, they go, we know who thou art, huh? you know. And please, you know, that 
devil's got to have a prayer request. Please send us into the hogs. We don't want to go to where you're going to send us because we know you're going to send us there someday. And they just like, give us a little reprieve. We want to go into pigs. And the pigs didn't even want them. They all ran off the cliff and drowned because they said, I don't like this. Yuck. So why do people put up with it? You don't have to. Amen? So let's pray. Let, get in the Holy Ghost, man. Just, just let the Holy Ghost move in you. Stir up the gift that's within you. And let God give you direction. He, he's going to put in your mind and in your heart people to talk to and how you can make a difference in the world that you live in. Right now, Jesus, I'm asking you, God, move in our midst right now. God, touch our heart, our mind, our soul. Lord God, that you would walk before us, Lord God. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.